Thank you for listening to this Podcast One production. Available on Apple Podcasts and Podcast One. In an era of online retail where everything is just a few clicks away, buying a car should be no different. That's why at Carvana, you can buy a car 100% online. We made it easy to browse, view, and buy from over 10,000 cars. You can even trade in your old car, all while binge-watching your favorite TV show. Afterwards, we'll deliver your car to you. Or you can pick it up from one of our car vending machines. Either way, your car comes with a seven-day return policy. So grab a seat, relax in your comfy pants, and enjoy the new way to buy a car at Carvana. That little Chico Pitbull, Mr. 305, better said Mr. Worldwide. You already know what it is. Listen to my new podcast from Negative to Positive. Subscribe today. Now, part of the things that we're doing over here at Negative to Positive is encouraging people to change their lives, change the things that are within their power. I want to thank our good friends at KFC for helping me bring this to you. Feed your whole crew with KFC. Let's go. I can get the KFC bucket of chicken, and you know, that's fire. Now, Babu, you know that you could get that mac and cheese, that mashed potato, gravy, those biscuits. Now, that's that's trouble right there. That is fire right there. You know, on Negative to Positive, we're always talking about striving and achievement. And, and the Colonel Sanders story is, is a story that inspired me since I was 10 years old. Look how life comes full circle. Now I'm talking about Colonel Sanders and Kentucky Fried Chicken and how much I love it. <laughs> Listen to my new podcast from Negative to Positive. Check out the vodcast. Subscribe today. Apple Podcast. Podcast One. Spotify. Hey there, movie fans. Welcome to Collider Videos. For your consideration, our weekly video series tracking the ups and downs of award season. And maybe you haven't noticed, but we are in the home stretch. We are at mile 26. <laughs> we have point two to go. Perry, this marathon allegory analogy has been working out quite nicely, I have to say. And somehow it still surprises me every single time. Every you bring single it time. Up. You seem so shocked. I well, forget about it. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, I am always uh, joined once again by the amazing Perry Nemiroff, the mighty Jeff Snyder. We are back from Sundance. I'm ready to party with our second to the last episode of this season for Collider FYC because. Next week, actually less than a week from now, it is the Academy Awards. It is 26.2. What a marathon award season. Another big weekend. Uh, we had the Writers Guild Awards and we had the BAFTAs. They are the British Academy Awards. And not a surprise here, you know, that uh, 1917 kind of ran away with seven wins at the BAFTAs, including Best Picture and Best Director for Sam Mendes. Just overall, what's your take on the winners at the BAFTAs, Jeff? I mean, very predictable. Like, you knew that uh, the BAFTAs would go for 1917. It's a British movie. Yep, yep. And it may be that contingent that ultimately tips, you know, 1917 over to a Best Picture win at the Oscars. Maybe. Um, it's, it's just about how, you know, big and strong that BAFTA contingent is within the Academy. But, yeah, there was no real shockers. All the, you know, uh, acting winners are kind of determined at this point. Yeah. Yes, they sure are, aren't they? Mm. Yeah, I would agree on most of the big six. The only things that caught my eye were maybe Klaus winning Best Animated, because I do think that's probably the number two contender for the Oscars right now. And, uh, you know, I think it was uh, Ford v. Ferrari taking sound. That's another thing that I was looking out for, because I need a little other, uh, you know, a, a more... 
editing. Yeah, was editing. it editing? Yeah, and then editing. 1917 got sound. But right. editing, it was, uh, you know, that's a category that I need a little more, you know, meat to my argument behind what I'm going to settle on. And there was one other that caught my eye. Oh, it was Jojo Rabbit winning uh, Best Adapted. That's another one that I'm kind of putting in my back pocket, and it's going to influence what I select on this ballot we've got well, right here. Well, uh, Jojo Rabbit winning Best Adapted screenplay at the Baptist and Parasite winning Best Original Screenplay at the Baptist mirrored the winners at the Writers Guild Awards, which happened the day before. Best Adapted Screenplay went to Jojo Rabbit. Best Original Screenplay went to Parasite. Uh, Definitely a big influence on our final ballot, which we are predicting right now. This is the second to the last show, so we are going to fill out our ballot so you can help you can fill out yours and then win your Oscar pool or your party pool or whatever. But this is going to be one ballot that we are going to – I'm sure a lot of these categories we're going to agree on. Maybe some we're not. We're going to have to argue and ultimately pick the one. Now, before we get to that, we uh, kind of finished off our round of screenings at Arclight Cinemas last week. Uh, Arclight Cinemas has been our partner for season two of Collider FYC. In addition to being our partner on the show, they have been a great partner with doing these screenings at the Arclight Cinemas in Hollywood that one of us would moderate. And last week... Best Actress winner. She's been winning uh, winning every award that she's been nominated for. Renee Zellweger, I got to moderate that. Check this out. Like, was there a particular interview that you read or an interview that you saw that made you go, oh, okay, I think I get this a lot better now? Yeah, there, there, were, so, there were so many, thank goodness. You know, a lot of her appearances on the talk shows, and you could sort of watch the trajectory of her career through these different interviews that she had done, um, uh, DeCavett and on The Tonight Show. But there was one that I came across that, uh, that I know that I think you've seen since we first spoke about the film, um, where uh, Barbara Walters interviews her, and she's sitting with uh, young Lorna and Joey. Um, and that one, that one touched me very deeply. Um, I, I felt like, uh, well, she asked her a question in, in the interview. She said, if you weren't, you know, a world famous performer, uh, what would you, what would you like to be? And she just kind of shook her head and said, nice lady, you know, and, uh, and she was uncomfortable, and, and she looked tired, and she was holding on to her children in a way, like, for dear life, you know? It was almost like she recognized what hung in the balance of that interview and how important it was that she not be misunderstood or that she not make a misstep in, in some way that could be misrepresented. Um, and I felt like in that moment, you could see uh, the closeness that she shared with her children and how she adored them. You could see how proud she was. Um, and, and you could also see that, that vulnerability and that fear. And I, I just, I got, I, I felt so sad wondering who, who's protecting her in that moment? Who's advocating for her in that moment? And it was a, a real clue to me um it was a little bit of a of a catalyst for me and going forward going into the project 
Wow, she had us at hello. She completes us all the usual cliches that have been going on since 1996 with Jerry Maguire. But really, uh, she is as lovely and delightful in person as she has been everywhere else, especially during award season. So check out our full Q&A for Judy with Renee Zellweger and check out the write-up that Jeff Snyder did on Collider.com. Moving on, this is it. We are filling out our Oscar ballot right now, so get your pen and paper ready because we're just going to start with an easy one here. Let's start with Best Actor in a Supporting Role. Perry, who could it be? So, I, I don't know. You know, maybe I should go like uh, Anthony Hopkins. No, it's obviously Brad Pitt. Obviously. I mean, it, it feels like a done deal at this point. It sure does. What do you think there, Snido? Agreed. <laughs> okay. Right. Brad Pitt. Brad Moving Pitt. on. Moving on to makeup and hairstyle. Uh, yes, Jeff, yes. who do you got here? Makeup and hairstyling. Uh, I mean, it, it feels like it's bombshells. You know, mm-hmm. I think at that, that job that they did on Charlie's making her into Megan Kelly it just sort of stands head and shoulders above everyone else. Although, you know, it's kind of just her and, and Ailes. Like, I, I don't know. But, but this is the team that won Best for Darkest uh, Hour, right? For, for Darkest I don't think Hour. this is a lock because I think 1917 could surprise. But, uh, yeah, I think Bombshell would probably get my vote. All right, so Bombshell for you, Perry? Yeah, I'm going uh, Bombshell as well. And if not Bombshell, I actually think Joker might be the one to sneak in and get it, but I, I think this is Bombshell's award to lose at yep. this point. I mean, really, it's the only category that it's firmly in contention for, so I think it's going to get it. I agree. Uh, bombshell for both the heavy makeup that uh, John Lithgow won wore for as Roger Ailes, and also the much more subtle makeup, which was even more convincing for Charlize Theron to play Megan Kelly. So Bombshell takes makeup and hairstyling. Costume design, Perry. So costume design, for a while I had Little Women in the top spot but for a while since some what what do you mean for a while what do you mean are you changing oh yeah no i am changing oh that's how i was teeing it up there um given how some of the other recent award wins have gone i've bumped uh, jojo rabbit up to the top spot i think that's going to get it in this category jeff what do you think about this one i still think once upon a time in hollywood i still think of those costumes uh, are kind of iconic and i don't i just don't think you get an oscar for creating nazi uniforms again well, okay, so we differ because you're saying Once Upon a Time, Jeff. Perry is saying Jojo Rabbit, and I still had Little Women down mm. for the reason that, you know, the Academy tends to like these sort of like period pieces, these uh, sort of lavish uh, costumes and Little Women. I feel like it's got to win something, and I feel like this is the best bet because it's not going to get picture and or actress or supporting actress. So, so, so how married are you to Jojo Rabbit on this part? I'm not super married, but pretty much what tipped the scale for me was its win at the Costume Designers Guild Awards for Excellent in Period Film. I have to look up what the other categories went to, but was, uh, I, don't, I don't think Little Women. I don't think Little Women because Just, that's period. And then I forget what got um, ima- Imagine the, the clothes on a mannequin, okay? And if mm. you saw the Little Women clothes on a mannequin, you didn't know that they were from Little Women. Would you be able to tell that they were from Little Women? I don't think so. If you saw, you know, the Nazi uniforms on mannequins, would you be able to tell, oh, those are the costumes from Jojo Rabbit? No. But yes, if you I saw would. them on Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, you would. I think, well, I definitely differ in your opinion on Jojo Rabbit because I think there's a lot of uh, specifics in that costume work that may Make it from a, a child's perspective. I think a lot of the costume work in that actually sells that idea very well. 
<laughs> well, well, yeah, okay. So Perry, uh, Jojo Rabbit won at the uh, Costume Designers yes, uh, Awards. Yes, it was Jojo Rabbit. I'm trying to look up one, what won in contemporary. Uh, oh, that's right. Oh, that's it right. Was not, it was Knives Out, actually. Okay, and then at the BAFTAs, you had uh, co- uh, costume design uh, went to Little Women. Yeah. So, wow, uh, the three-way here. Okay, so, all right. Uh, I'm, I'm willing to go with Jojo Rabbit because I think that the costume design in that film definitely did stand out to me while I was, while I was watching that movie, and so did Little Women. I mean, you know, I feel like maybe the costume design for Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, 1969, I mean – you know, can, can you get, uh, uh, you know, as a really a standout for something that, you know, you can maybe get like at a thrift shop on La Brea? I don't know. Well, one of the things that I would put in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood's favor is, is look at Brad Pitt's costume in particular. It's iconic, yeah. That has hit a point where it has become a bit iconic. Yeah, it has. So, so is Joaquin's outfit in Joker. Exactly. I mean, I just don't oh. really see what stood out from, from Little Women or Jojo Rabbit. I, and nothing you say will get me to... to come around on you're, you're not changing your mind at, the, at all on this no well, okay between between uh, the other options i would say i would limit it to jojo or little women okay well i would also limit it to jojo or little women too so I, I would go with little women over jojo okay i just i'm, I'm willing to to give on that one okay so little women it is yeah little, little women, women it is, is. all right thank just, you for I'm playing like i love the little flourish they put on the swastika the swastika on jojo rabbit like i don't i don't get that okay well we're well, going just, with little can, women can we just like hold, okay hold go, ahead, on. go ahead like jo- just in particular, look at the design of Taika Waititi's uh, costume in that movie. That isn't a one-for-one one historically. There are certain little flourishes on that costume that amplify the fact that this is a story being told from a kid's perspective. Just look at the cut yeah. on his pants in particular. I mean, there, there are little things that make it more than just repeating what we've seen in films that tackle a similar subject matter before. I think some of these awards that aren't like, um, you know, the big acting or directing awards, whatever it is, I think it, it's really just going to come down to how many people have seen the movie. And more people have seen movies like Joker and Once Upon a Time in Hollywood than they did Jojo Rabbit. Well, I, I listen, this is definitely a, a, a category that's sort of could go either way, but... Uh, I, I really feel like Little Women is the one is the one to beat here, although Jojo Rabbit is a very, very, very close second. So uh, Little Women, it is. Thank you for playing. Moving on to documentary feature, I'm going to say here American Factory, and I'm only saying that because Apollo 11 was not mm. nominated. Perry? Uh, yeah, I'm with you on American Factory. Uh, admittedly, this is the category that I have the most catching up to do on right now, but the two that I've seen are American Factory and Honeyland, and if I got my personal preference, I was a little more wowed by how Honeyland was made and shot and told, and I would put that up top, but American Factory is also great. I think the, that's a Netflix one, so the fact that's that it's so one, yep. accessible might help it out here as well, so Jeff? I'm going American Factory. Jeff, I think it's think? between those two films that Perry mentioned, and I think I'm leaning towards American Factory. Factory just because a vote for that movie is a vote for Obama, and I think that's what everybody wants to cast their vote for. Yeah, well, I agree, and I also think that a movie, it's, it's a very good movie on its own terms. So American Factory takes documentary feature. Okay, now we get into sound editing and sound mixing, and for, for people not in the know, so the difference between sound editing and sound mixing. So sound editing is when you, when you uh, you know, you get the sounds, you mm-hmm. assemble the sounds, you record the sounds. Sound mixing is what you do with them, mixing them in with the music and the dialogue. So that's that's the sort of bare bones 
uh, you know, description between the two. So for sound editing, Perry, who do you have? You might as well do both categories at once because I've Go got 1917 for both of them. You got for both. Okay, Jeff? So do I. I mean, I, I think Ford versus Ferrari sounded great, and I know it won, what was it, the CAS Awards? That's right. Mm-hmm. Was 1917 even up for those? No. Uh, uh, sound mixing went to uh, Ford versus Ferrari at the CAS Award, and Paul Massey, who, did, who was on the team for sound mixing uh, for Ford Ferrari, also won the Oscar last year for sound mixing for Bohemian Rhapsody. Yeah, I just have a feeling that, that 1917, the support for that film overall, will carry that uh, to wins in the sound categories. Ford Ferrari is my number two for both categories. Though, yes. if it's not 1917, it's going to be that. Okay, well, actually, I had on my original ballot here for sound editing, 1917. For sound mixing, I did go with Ford versus Ferrari because of the CAS win, but also because from the beginning, I felt that the sound in that film was a major, major mm-hmm. standout. It did get nominated for four Academy Awards. I feel like it should win something because it's a, such a damn great movie. But you both make very good arguments. And uh, uh, even though Ford Ferrari is my first for sound mixing, 1917 was a very, very, very close second. And I am uh, outnumbered here and fine with picking 1917 as sound mixing. Moving on to production design. Jeff. It's a tough call. Uh, I think I'm leaning towards Parasite and building those two uh, homes on the sound stages with, you know, the water, you know, whatever it is. Uh, I think I think Parasite takes this one. Okay, Perry, uh-oh. I, admittedly, I was tempted to put Parasite as number one. I think it's a real possibility that it wins, but I'm still going 1917. I just... I see a lot of the awards going in that direction, and I, I think that production design would be a worthy one for it to win. But at the same time, Parasite is turning out to be the biggest competition to 1917. And, uh, I mean, the fact that the, uh, the, the city block in which the uh, Kim's uh, underground apartment was situated on, especially with the rain and the flood, I didn't know that that was uh, a set, and I also didn't know that they built the uh, the house from scratch. But everything was built from scratch in such an effective way that it all looked like it belonged where it was. I'm going with Parasite on this. I see your point, Perry, about 1917. Jeez, what what do we do, Jeff? <laughs> Did you? You both went parasite. I will give you parasite on this. But are you comfortable with that yes. decision? No, are I'm you comfortable sure? with it. Yeah. Are you sure? I'm. I'm- I'm still, at this point in time, I'm still ticking off 1917 on my own ballot, but for the sake of our collective one, I'm, I'm definitely willing to give on that one. I just, I just think Parasite is going to win something besides the International Feature Award. I don't think it's going to be the awards, the, the major awards that you think, Scott. Oh, but I think oh, they will oh, get something oh. <laughs> and, and that this will be it. Okay, well, okay, then in that case, Perry, thank I'm you get, for being I'm selfless, it, yeah. for being generous. <laughs> For thinking of others before you think of yourself and going with Team Parasite here. All right. Parasite is the winner for production design. International feature. Yeah. Parasite. Jeff. Yeah, it's the biggest yeah, Parasite. Okay, done. that's an easy one. Best actress in a supporting oh, role, Jeff. There's another one that's done. Yeah, I think all the acting categories are done. I think, um, I think this is Laura Dern's for sure. Perry? Um, Laura Dern as well. Yeah, Laura Dern, at, absolutely. And yeah, all four of these acting awards have been set in stone elsewhere. But hey, we got to talk about them. All right, here's the beginning to the fun part mm-hmm. here. I'm going to defer to you, Perry, yeah. on animated short film. It's it's so challenging to pick these because I feel like there's such a crapshoot. And the only thing I'm really relying on right now are my personal opinions about the movie and what I think the most people will respond to as far as the content goes. And 
With that in mind, I'm probably going to limit it to Hair Love and Kit Bull. I think the two of them are probably the most uh, easy to get your hands on right now. Kit Bull mm. is available on Disney Plus if you haven't seen it. But I think I'm going to give the win to, to Hair Love. It's yeah, a, really, a really, really beautiful, strong piece. And I think that's going to strike a chord with the most people out Jeff? there. I have no idea. I haven't seen any of them, but I'm going with either sister or daughter. One of those two. <laughs> uh, oh, okay. Uh, shoot. Um, I'm going with Hair Love. It's fine. Mark it down for Hair Love. All right, Hair Love it is. All right. Animated feature. Now, this is interesting. Up until about mm-hmm. a month ago, uh, I was definitely team Toy Story 4. But, you know, the uh, the outcome of some of these other award shows, well, first of all, the Golden Globes went with uh, Missing Link. But then the Annie Awards won the Klaus won seven Annie Awards, including the top prize for best animated feature. It also won best animated feature at the BAFTAs and it's on Netflix. So it's very, very accessible. The thing against Toy Story 4 for me is, wow, I love the film very, very much. I didn't love it as much as Toy Story 3. Toy Story 3 did win the Oscar for best animated feature for 2010. It was also nominated for Best Picture, and uh, the fact that Frozen 2 wasn't even nominated, I tend to feel that for Best Animated Feature Film this year, maybe the love just isn't there for Disney, but it might be there for Klaus. Perry, what do you think? I actually, on Gold Derby at this very moment, have Toy Story 4 in my number one spot, but I feel like uh, the fact, I love Toy Story 4, but I prefer Klaus personally, and I think that's what's tipping the scale for me right now. And also with what you said, Frozen 2 getting snubbed is a very, very big deal, and I think might give us a little hint with how the Academy is feeling towards Disney animated movies. I'm giving it to Klaus, and I think Klaus should win. All right, Jeff? I think it's between the Netflix movies, Klaus and I Lost My Body. I don't think Toy Story 4 is going to win. Uh, I think that it, it's the kind of movie that would have won five years ago. And yep. because of you know the diversification of the Academy, uh, I think it's going to actually benefit um, Klaus and I Lost My Body. I'm still maintaining my, my original prediction. I think I Lost My Body is, is a profound, staggering work, and... Uh, and I think it's going to pull off the upset. But if it doesn't, I'm leaning towards Klaus, not Toy Story 4. Okay, well, let's go with Klaus. And either way, Jeff, we're just going to give you, uh, uh, um, you know, we're just going to throw it your way just because, you know, you're, you're going with a Netflix movie either way. But for the sake of this ballot, let's go with Klaus and uh, move it on to visual effects. Now, mm. this is a tough one. Uh, it wasn't, but... When all these other award shows started chiming in, it became a tough one. I would have gone with Avengers Endgame. Uh, it's got to get something. And, but 1917 is you know, more of a technical achievement. What do you go with here, Perry? So I think 1917 is the safe bet in this category, and that's what I'm going with. And also, you know, when you go into the Visual Effects Society Award winners, you don't even get 1970 or 1917 or Avengers Endgame. You get uh, the Irishman in uh, supporting visual effects in a photoreal feature. And then when it comes to visual effects in a photoreal feature, you get the Lion King. So that doesn't help me out here either. So I'm going with the one that I think that's going to okay. take home the most wins. And that's 1917. Jeff? 1917 as well. Um, right. I, I just think we've seen everything in Endgame. We've seen it before. Everything in Star Wars, we've seen it before. There's nothing new to either one of them. And if you know, if Star Wars Revengers hadn't been nominated, then I could see the Academy rallying behind the end of one of Disney's gigantic franchises. But the fact that they're both there, 
I got to go 1917. Okay. Uh, I'm going with what you feel, and I agree with you. I mean, I really would love to see Avengers Endgame win here, but I think that just based on the scales being tipped in favor of 1917 in so many ways, not to mention the fact that 1917 is a technical milestone. Okay, 1917 takes visual effects. Film editing, Jeff, who do you have? Film editing. Yeah, Come back is, to me. Perry's got to go first. This All is right. the, no, yeah, this is, a, this is a stressful one. So in, uh, in the Eddie Awards, you had Parasite in drama and Jojo Rabbit in comedy. Yep. Those wins bumped them up my list. But I think I might be siding with Ford v. Ferrari on this one. That was, a, in addition to the sound in that movie, that was one of the big takeaways uh, from it for me. And I don't know, maybe maybe the overwhelming love for both Parasite and Jojo Rabbit could split the, the votes on that and let Ford v. Ferrari sneak in. And I don't know, I do kind of want to see Ford v. Ferrari walk away with something, and I think it might have a good chance in this category. Well, I, I, I was definitely between the two of them. Ford v. Ferrari for exactly what you said, but you know the editing in Parasite yielded some surprising twists. Mm-hmm. First of all, the whole tuberculosis scene, the way that was edited alone makes this a contender to win. But just some of the other twists in the movie, like when you go down into the basement with the old maid and you sort of turn the corner and see like what she's doing trying to push the other door open and, and the way that the final scene – the, the climax, uh, I don't want to spoil too much here for people who haven't seen Parasite yet, but there were so many surprises and shocks to Parasite, that I and because of the Ace Eddie win for Best Edited Drama, uh, I'm going with Parasite here. I Again, I mean, I've said, said many, many times before how much I love Ford versus Ferrari, but in this case, I feel like it's, it's you know, the, the groundswell of support for Parasite is definitely going to make it trickier at the top of the totem pole here, but not for editing. I'm going with Parasite for editing. What do you think? It's a tough call. I am also torn between Ford versus Ferrari and Parasite, and I guess under the same logic that I gave Parasite the production design win, I will give it the editing win as well. I will happily give in to you guys and say Parasite will take Perry, this one. you are... You are it's, so so nice. It and is selfless so. Don't give and, me so much credit. It's hard to say no to Parasite. Uh, well, no, it is definitely hard to say no to Parasite. But what about documentary short subject? Perry, right. take it away. So, out of this category, there's only one that I haven't seen thus far, and it's Walk Run Cha Cha. So, I can't really speak to how I feel about that one. But looking at this list. I think that the top contender is learning to skateboard in a war zone, and this one deserves to be in the top spot. It's an excellent uh, short film. The other one that really got me when I was watching it was um, Life Overtakes Me, which you can actually watch right now on Netflix. They're both super powerful, and I can see the Academy going for one or the other. But, you know, especially after the BAFTA win, I'm giving learning to skateboard in a war zone the edge here, and that's my number one. Okay. Uh, Jeff, what do you think? In the absence. Uh, yeah, yeah. Take it to the bank. <laughs> I have no idea. That's a, that's a really uh, interesting one as well. There's a lot of um, archival footage in that. It just makes me think of our conversation with Apollo 11 a little, even though there's additional material shot for that one. But that that is uh, it's a, a, a riveting and very upsetting watch yeah, as well. I, I, have, I have no idea. Okay, then uh, learning 
to skateboard is the winner here for a documentary short subject. What about live action short film, Perry? Okay, so this one's a little tougher here. Again, all excellent. I think the two that it comes down to are The Neighbor's Window and Brotherhood. Um, I believe The Neighbor's Window is the only um, English language film on the list. Mm. And I think that the nature of the material might make it a little more accessible to voters. It was a... It was just like the more digestible watch to me, but Brotherhood is something else, and the performances in that are just absolutely incredible. And in particular, the the shot it ends on. I mean, if Academy of Voters do actually sit down and watch it, that one shot and that actor's performance is just like it's gut wrenching. I can't I can't get that out of my head right now. I'm going the neighbor's window though. I think it's got the better chance. Okay, Jeff. Uh, same logic as animated short film. I'm going with uh, either a sister or brotherhood. <laughs> Listen, the short films are what will win you your ballot. Um, yeah, which I, I think you need to find a pundit that you trust. Uh, for me, and it's not you. It's definitely not me. <laughs> um, I, you know, I look to people like Nathaniel Rogers, uh, Scott Feinberg, people who know the Academy and, and their tastes uh, a, a little bit. Um, but yeah, I think it's a sister or brotherhood off the top of my head. All right, I'm the, going the best with film never wins in these categories. I I I, I agree I with Perry's reasoning them. though on the neighbor's uh, window, and uh, that's what I think we should go with here. Jeff, you okay with that? Sure. Okay. <laughs> the neighbor's window takes live action short film. Okay, now we're getting into the fun stuff again. Adapted screenplay, Jeff. I think it was this movie all along, Jojo Rabbit. Okay. Perry? Jojo Rabbit. Jojo Rabbit it is. Okay. Best of God. It's actually tricky adaptation. Don't give me the Little Women stuff. Okay. It's, it drives me crazy. Like, I will, I will give on. you that argument all day long. I am not going to be upset if Jojo Rabbit wins because I also think that was an excellent adaptation. But Little Women. Have you, have you ever read Little Women? I read it last night. <laughs> no, I haven't read Little Women. I exactly, don't buy though, that exactly. at all. Exactly. If you want to look at the quality of an adaptation as far as taking the source material and doing something unique and different with it, and then also talking about a movie that stands all on its own, it's got both boxes ticked and deserves a win. I heard it wasn't Just, that unique or different because Leah Thompson was in who? it from Leah Thompson at the Sundance studio who said that her version of Little Women a couple years ago also played with time. That's what I hear for, for months. I've been reading Little Women. It's so amazing to see how it plays with time. I didn't even know that this version that came out a couple years ago that nobody saw did the same thing. Well, exactly. Well, so why would that even factor into any of the voters' decision? I'm just saying, doesn't sound that good. Well, the bottom line is here, we all agree that Jojo Rabbit is going to take best adapted screenplay. So let's move on to best original screenplay. Perry, what do you got for that? Parasites. Parasites. Yeah. Of, of all the car- categories other than best international feature, I think this is its best chance to win of the bunch. And what do you think about that? Jeff Snyder. I can tell he's got a problem with it. I know what yep, he's going for, see, too. I know, I know where he's going to go. Yeah, I don't know. It's I, not I, happening. It's not happening. I don't know if yeah, Parasite has this either. has this in the bag. I just... Um, I think it does. I, I, think, I think you can't discount Quentin. Uh, I know, obviously, Parasite won the WGA, but once upon a time, Holly was not eligible for the WGA. Well, well, uh, I, good point. That is definitely a point that you got to make here, but I do agree with Perry that if, if Parasite is going to Win anything for sure, other than best international feature. It is going to be original. Screenplay. So is, Quint, is is Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, which we were predicting as best picture, like 
a month ago. That's just going home empty-handed now? Hang on a second. Minus one. Uh, it, was Minus not, it was not my number one pick, as Quentin himself has pointed out to me, that Once Upon was not my number one pick. I love the film, but I think if you're going to really get down to the bare bones of what an original screenplay is – Parasite fits that bill and then some. Also, Quentin Tarantino has two Oscars already for screenwriting. He shared with Roger Avery for Pulp Fiction, and he also won for Django Unchained. Is he going to get a third for the screenplay for Once Upon a Time in Hollywood? Maybe if Parasite was not there, I'd say yes, but Parasite is there. So I There's say something about no. reading Quentin's screenplays on their own, though, that is just an experience unto itself. I, I agree with you, but... If in terms of watching the film, I'm going with Parasite. Perry's going with Parasite. Jeff, you know, I yeah, think I'm, it, I'm going with Once Upon a Time in Hollywood just just to keep things interesting. Okay, keep it keep it interesting. But Perry and I are going with Parasite, and that is it. going to be That's on fair. the ballot here for Collider FIC because of the majority. Moving on to cinematography, I think this one's easy. 1917. 1917. Yeah. Jeff, okay, Roger Deakins takes home his second Academy Award after winning two years ago for Blade Runner 2049. Original score, Jeff. I'm so excited about this one. It's going to Joker. Joker, yes. I am just as excited about this one, Joker. I'm with you. Joker takes original score, well-deserved. Original song, Perry. I'm going with uh, Rocket Man. Yeah. Initially, after I saw the movie, I thought uh, the Frozen series had another one in the bag. But after mm. the snub in Best Animated Feature, it definitely bumped Rocket Man up to the top spot. Jeff, what do you think? Up, up, and away. Rocket up, Man. up, and away. Rocket Man. I, I felt that stand up from Harriet, Cynthia Revo. I felt like, you know, this, this is a movie, not, not a great film, but definitely one that had a good story and a great performance. It was about something. Uh, but I feel like here's Elton John. Everybody loves Elton John. He throws the best post-Oscar party. Uh, he's going to win. Uh, yeah. I mean, I think that stand-up should get it, but I think that Elton John's uh, song for Rocket Man will. Wait, I'm going to skip over this next one and go on to best. <laughs> saving it for last. Yeah, saving it for second, second to, to last. the last. Yes, Perry. Uh, best actor. What do you got? Jeff. Joaquin Phoenix. Okay. Yep. Joaquin Phoenix. Okay. Moving on to Best Actress, Perry. Renee Zellweger. Yep. Jeff. Renee Zellweger. Zellweger. Yep. That brings us to Best Director. Now, this is where the conversation gets really interesting. Perry, take it away. Sam Mendes for 1917. I feel like too many things are swinging in his favor right now, and uh, he's firmly got the spot locked down for me, especially if I think that... uh, Parasite's going to take that screenplay category. All right, Jeff. Mendez. You think Mendez. All right. Yeah. Now, here's the thing. You know, oh. I love you both. You're sticking with it, aren't you? I respect you both. I really do. I respect the both of you. Nothing pleases me more than an engaging conversation where we don't quite agree, but we respect each other's opinions. This conversation right here is a perfect example and this is what collider fyc is all about i agree with your points about sam mendez i agree that that he's taken every other directing prize although he did tie with bang jun ho at the critics choice awards i know jeff is rolling his eyes back into his head i didn't even roll him i just shut him before (laughs) before i even finished the words critics choice awards he was snoring because that's that's the regard and i and i understand why but 
there's there's a love for this movie. I mean, Bong Joon Ho's movie is a masterpiece. There are some people who feel that 1917 emotionally, and Jeff, you said this yourself, that emotionally didn't quite do it. The technique has been done five years ago with Birdman. Does it happen again, even though it's a war movie for 1917? Probably. The way that things have been going with all these other awards, the DGA especially, all but seven times, the winner of the DGA went on to win Best Director at the Oscars. So you're probably right, and for the sake of this argument, because we got to agree, I'll give you Sam Mendes for Best Director. But for the record, I am sticking in my heart with Director Bong Joon-ho for Parasite. If he wins, just to reiterate our bet here, if Parasite wins the three awards that we previously discussed, international feature and director, and this next award, you owe me 20 bucks. If it loses any one of them, I owe you 20 you know bucks. What, yep. I'm going to give you 40 bucks, okay? You're getting two to one odds on this thing. <laughs> I will give you 40. You give me 20, I give you 40 if you pull that off. I will take that bet. Perry, you're a witness. Ladies and gentlemen, you are all witnesses on this. Thank you very much. Jeff, that was very selfless of you. I am. If that happens, you know, Jeff, of course, is saying that because you know, it's not going to happen, is it? <laughs> no. Come on, Perry. I deeply admire your passion and dedication to sticking with these picks, but it's, it's never going to happen. Gonna happen. Like, it's never going to happen. A masterpiece? It's a masterpiece. A masterpiece. Masterpiece. I, I would uh, I would give it that descriptor as well. Brilliant. The word brilliant. I the swear word to masterpiece. God, guys, when, when, when people saw this film at like in September, October, no one came back to the office and said, well, it's a masterpiece. No uh, one I saw this. the movie at Telluride and I said it was a masterpiece. I don't recall. And this. when the movie won, the pomp that were at Cannes, they were saying it was a masterpiece back then. So, the so okay, the for the sake time, of this ballot, go the ahead. The first time I saw it, I did not say masterpiece because I was sure that there were little holes that I had missed. And then I went back and I saw it again. And that thing is airtight. It is watertight. It's like if, if, if the Titanic was like Parasite, it never would have sunk. Watertight. But, yeah, see, see what I did there? Uh, but for the sake of this ballot... We are going to go with Sam Mendes for 1917. But for the record, my heart stays with Bong Joon-ho. I hope he wins. Okay, now mm-hmm. the big kahuna. The last award of the night. The last the last category we are doing on our second to the last episode of season two of Collider FYC. It all comes down to this moment where we predict what will win the Oscar for best picture based on the last three months of doing Collider FYC, based on tracking the ups and downs of award season, all these other award shows. This moment right here, right here is where we pick best picture. Perry, normal activity what is winning best picture there are so many things happening that are telling me to tick off the box for 1917 but so many things but 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 i i'm voting with my heart a little more so on this one and i also do think that 1917 is going to win so many things that some voters might want to see what happens if there is an upset at the end of the night And I also still really believe in the enthusiasm that I've seen for Parasite. I am going with Parasite. Atta girl! What do you got there, Mr. Snyder? Come on! The smart money is definitely on 1917. Uh, I'm sticking to my prediction that something crazy is going to happen, and I'm going to lean towards Joe Joe Rabbit. Ooh, I like it! I like it! But, you know, (laughs) for the record... 
if Jojo Rabbit actually does win and it's deserving, I think it's a great movie, one of the very best of the year, I would be perfectly happy. I would be thrilled if Jojo Rabbit wins Best Picture. But if it's going to win Best Adapted Screenplay, I mean, I think that's a very, very big deal. I mean, Taika Waititi adapted the screenplay and he gets that award, which is great. Jojo Rabbit is in my top three of the year. I freaking love this movie to pieces. I'm going to get the Blu-ray. I'm going to sleep with it under my pillow is how much I, I adore right Jojo Rabbit. Right next to La La Land. Right next to La La Land. That's right. My, my pillow is getting a little higher. All right, but what were, you're going to say something. Just for the record, yeah. my number one is Parasite. My number two is 1917. And my three is Jojo Rabbit. So I, I don't think that's too far out of the realm of possibility. I don't either. Okay, let's I just, just don't think older white guys are going to be voting for Parasite. I don't see it happening. But more people are in the academy. Who, more members of the academy are are actually not older white guys. Not anymore. You know, in the last couple of years since the academy membership doubled, actually exceeded doubling. I think that you have enough where you have enough diversity, enough younger voters, enough gender balance where people, regardless of their race, age, gender, are going to see Parasite in their number two slot, maybe behind 1917. And if that happens, if Parasite gets enough number two votes on this preferential balloting system, which is a really crazy way to vote, which is why we've had so many times in the last 10 years where picture and director went to different films, you could see Parasite winning. And I think that it is a beloved film. It's a beloved film. Everybody loves the movie. And I think that if, look, if Jojo Rabbit gets enough number three votes, then Jojo Rabbit wins Best Picture. So, but... If so many people are going to give Sam Mendes best uh, director, okay, which, you know. I just, I just love how it turns into everybody loves the movie. Everybody does not love the movie. Yes, they no, do. No, they don't. Yes, See, they do. I can do. say Jojo Rabbit. People hate it. Some people hate it. Okay, but I'm not talking about Jojo. I'm talking oh, about I, Parasite. I, I'm aware. But people don't like Parasite. You, you're like not even. Like I a have not seen you guys. one thing. I've not heard from anyone. I've not. You don't read. You must not read the same things I that I read. I read the same shit that I you don't read. Think you do. I read because the same stuff that you day. read, Jeff. I read the same stuff that you read. I'm out there. I'm. I'm talking. I'm. You know, with with the peers and the critics and the journalists and the the fans and and the the the, the love for Parasite is. It's, it's universal. Everybody loves it. Everybody loves it. Look at the reaction it got at the SAG Awards when the cast members wait. Not even. Do you no, know wait, why? Wait Do you know why the reaction's been so wait. good, Scott? Why? It's because they're not around. They're from Korea. But they come they in have just been to around. Do- Bong Joon-ho and Song Kang-ho. You can't see them and, after this week. They're not going to be hanging around at the Soho House in L.A. And their interpreter, Sharon Choi, they have been here. coming up to wait, them wait, saying, wait, where's the split screen? Cody, where's the freaking split screen? Thank you. The split screen. Listen, Jeff, everyone loves this film. Perry. Harry, like, please help me. Help, help me. All right. Help me to all help right, all right, you. All right, all right. Everyone so, respects the film. Jeff, I'm not going to go ahead and say that nobody out there hates Parasite. Because I guarantee you there are some people who probably really don't like it. But, but I do believe in the interactions that I've seen, the enthusiasm that I've read. I think there is a whole lot of love for Parasite, maybe more than others. I think I see a very similar thing happening to 1917, where I don't see a whole lot of people talking super negatively about it, which is why those are my top two contenders. I see a little more divisiveness when it comes to Jojo Rabbit and how that material is handled, but... No, I don't see a contingent of people who so strongly dislike Parasite. 
Okay. So I, while I, I, I think that there's going to be an upset for best picture. If Parasite wins, I don't see that being an upset because it's been talked about to win, even though it, it missed out on, on like the PGA and the DGA for, for those, uh, those bigger awards. But I, I mean, like it, for me, an upset for best picture would be a Jojo Rabbit or a Joker or, I mean, you really want to get into an upset here, Little Women. <laughs> or wait, the biggest upset here for best picture would be, can you imagine Ford Ferrari winning best picture? What if that actually happened? Like, and the Oscar for best picture goes to Ford versus Ferrari. That could happen. <laughs> no, no, that could no, happen. Yeah. Joker, <laughs> Joker could happen. Ford versus Joker Ferrari. could happen. happen. Joker's the most nominated movie. It's going to get scored. It's going to get best actor. But, okay, for the sake of this show, we've got to wrap this bad boy up. So what's it going to be? What's it going to be? It's 1917. You think it's 1917? Perry. Parasite. I say parasite. Wow. Okay. Parasite. You know what? I'm throwing up my hands. You guys are crazy. <laughs> well, I don't know. What should we do? <laughs> I mean, it, it seems obvious. Okay. Parasite <laughs> it is. Two, two All right. Here. So there you have it. There you have it. Collider FYC fans, we have made the decision. We are going big on Parasite winning best picture. Mark your ballot. Stick with us. I predicted last year, Green Book, I predicted a couple years ago that Spotlight was going to get best picture over The Revenant, and it did. Of course, I also picked uh, La La Land over Moonlight. We all know how that one turned out. But thank you so much for playing. What a fun season. What a great season tracking these ups and downs. This is what the show is all about. Any other parting words before we Listen, the mere, the mere fact that we're getting this heated about a best picture discussion six days before the show, that's a good sign. Mm-hmm. You know, if we, if we were all just resigned to, you know, a certain fate happening, that would be super boring. So I love that the last award of the night is going to be up for grabs. And there's really not going to be one award that comes before we're going to be like, oh, well, it won the editing award. It's got it in the bag. I don't even think you can do that this year. No, I agree. Perry, how about you? Any other parting words? No, not really. Just like a big thank you to everybody out there who's followed along because this is this is like one of my happiest times of the week i really do love sitting here with you guys and talking about some of the best movies of the year and you know even if a movie isn't on this ballot right here it doesn't mean it's not as good as you think it is so keep celebrating these movies even well after the oscars come and go and also keep celebrating whatever your favorite of 2019 was and ladies and gentlemen uh this sort of brings it this is our a penultimate episode. It's a second to the last. The next one is the big one. Just want to give another big shout out to our partner at Arclight Cinemas for helping us make season two of Collider FYC so great. What do you think about our nominations? Comment below. Keep it super respectful. Make sure you share this episode with everyone you know who even just kind of maybe likes movies just a little bit, but certainly everyone who loves movies. Retweet it. Share it on Facebook. Share it on Twitter. Share it on Instagram. If you're still using MySpace, totally fine. Share it there too. Thank you to Collider. Thank you to Arclight. Thank you to the amazing Paranoff. Thank you to the Perry Nemiroff. That's like a Russian Thank you to the amazing paranormal activity. Thank you to the mighty, the mighty Jeff the Snyder. Mighty. Tweet him at the Snyder. I got steamrolled on the show. Two to one. Tweet, tweet her at P Nemiroff. Tweet me at Movie Mance. And make sure you check out our last episode of Collider FYC next week. Until then, FYC. 
See you later. It's that little chico pitbull, Mr. 305, better said Mr. Worldwide. And I'm here to tell you about my new podcast, From Negative to Positive, brought to you by my friends over at State Farm. I believe that to have success, you got to play the game so that the game doesn't play you. You know, the biggest risk you take is not taking one. It's very important that you make sure that you make the most out of your money, especially when it comes to insurance. State Farm offers surprisingly great rates. They have great agents standing by helping you personalize your coverage. All this is backed up by award-winning, easy-to-use technology. It's a great price with an even greater service. When you want the real deal, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Orangutans. They're beautiful, playful, and majestic, and disappearing. Every day, as many as 20 orangutans vanish. They starve to death when their homes are destroyed or are killed when they stray into villages in search of food. International Animal Rescue is fighting for the survival of the critically endangered orangutan. But we can't do it without you. Please visit internationalanimalrescue.org and help us save orangutans before it's too late. That's internationalanimalrescue.org.